The Trader Cobb Crypto Show, talking business in blockchain. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Trader Cobb Crypto Podcast. Today, I've got another wonderful guest, somebody who's going to bring us another perspective in the investment space. I've got Dustin Heiner here, who is the host of the Master Passive Income Show. That's a great podcast you guys should be listening to, and also the founder of Master Passive Income. Dustin, thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks, Craig. I really appreciate you having me. No worries at all, mate. And listen, my introduction to you was short, sweet, and missing just about your entire story. So why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners and tell us a little bit about where you've come to and how you come to the point that you're at now. Yeah, thank you. So I am a real estate investor. That's what I've been doing for the past 12, 15 years or so. I just love real estate. But basically, from growing up as being a kid, I always had an entrepreneurial mind, somebody who wanted to have my own business, be my own boss and be independent. And so I've had many, many businesses growing up and you know everything from a paper route, you know, I'm delivering, throwing papers out of my bike. I've done that when I was 13 years old um, to having a skateboard manufacturing business, to having a retail um, convenience store, to a software design company. And also at the same time, having a job, but I knew I didn't want to have a job. That's And so I was having so many other businesses outside of that to try to get myself out of a job. So I was more independent or actually be independent. But um, all those other jobs were really, really hard. The easiest one, and I found the best one, I stopped everything else. Like I shut down the manufacturing business, shut down the convenience store, shut down everything and stuck with real estate because I work maybe an hour a month on my business and I make money hand over fist because it's a passive income automatic business where I have property managers, I have realtors, I have construction workers, contractors, you know, uh, everybody working for me and they do all the work. It's an automatic business that I make money every single month. And so when I was 37 years old, after about eight and a half to nine years of investing in real estate, I was able to quit my job and I will never work another job. I have plenty of money coming in. My family and I, we love to travel. So like this year, we went to Europe for six weeks, traveled all through 11 different countries, all through Europe. The year before that, we went to Japan for six weeks. I have my wife and four kids. We all went there and traveled all through Japan. But we love living life. We love living it to the fullest and traveling all over the world. And so we do that because I have the time, control, and money because of what rental properties do. And I'm not, I'm not you know, people ask me, well, what do you do when, when you invest in real estate? Do you flip homes? And well, I don't flip homes because it's hard for me to sell a house when I actually own it because I make so much money. I make money hand over fist renting the property out as opposed to flipping it. And so that's how I make my money. That's really what I teach at Master Passive Income is I teach and coach and show people how to quit their jobs, how to change their life and live the dream life with real estate. Well, it's a pretty interesting journey. And I mean, if those that are listening right now are thinking, hang on a second, have I tuned into the right show here? This is the TraderCom Crypto Show. Ladies and gentlemen, I just want to let you know the reason for looking at into other areas in the marketplace and other countries as well is because look one thing's this we've got a global audience too i truly believe that if you haven't already made an absolute killing in the crypto markets it's probably going to come at some point if you're educated if you know what you're up to and three when you do make that money i want you to be diversified and i've certainly got a passion for creating passive incomes they can can be some of the hardest to create but i tell you what they are the most rewarding because you know, money, you can make as much money as you like, but you can never make more time. And passive income allows you to 
have time because the money's taken care of. So that's why I have Dustin Heiner here on the show. And that's why we're talking about passive income through the use of rental properties in real estate. So thank you for that intro. And I thought I should give the listener some perspective as to why I have actually got you on this show. Now, one question I have, why, other than the fact that it's a passive income, yeah, why investment properties? Why are you able to get such a good yield from your investments? That is actually a fantastic question. And most recently, I put out a podcast episode where I talk about the six different ways that you make money. You know, if you flip a property, you're going to make money buying and selling it, the property. Or you know, just like crypto, you buy, buy a crypto low and you, you sell it higher. Or a stock, you buy it low and you sell it high. Well, that's one way you make money. Well, you actually make money in six different ways. And there are so many other benefits. And I have um, many shows and also our articles on my blog that I've written about all the benefits of real estate. But I'll quickly go into the six ways that real estate makes you money. Number one is the cash flow. Cash flow is how I don't have to have a job. Money comes in every single month without me working. And that is basically really quickly, your listeners are all smart, so they'll really quickly get this. Your rent is the income coming in minus all your expenses, You know your, your mortgage, your taxes, your insurance, property manager fees, and all that sort of stuff. So your income minus your expenses equals your cash flow. That's the profit going in your pocket. And so I make I shoot for a minimum of $250 per property in my pocket every single month. So that's cash flow. Another one, the second one is equity capture. So just like somebody who's flipping a house, they try to get a good deal. Like if the property's worth $100,000, they'll try to buy it for $50,000 or $60,000. So they make in uh, right when they buy the property, they've already made 50 or 60 or $40,000 in equity so that when they sell it, they make that money plus whatever they make into it. So equity capture is when you buy it low and you sell it high, that's how much equity you have in the property. So you capture the equity when you buy it. So I've many times, like I bought a house that was worth $215,000. I actually spent $150,000 buying the property. And so I made $65,000 just buying that one property. Third one really quickly is forced appreciation. So along with the equity capture, if you buy a house at $100,000, put $10,000 into it, the value more likely will go up to $25,000 above or $30,000. So instead of $110,000 that you put in, so you bought it for $100,000, you put in $10,000 to fix it up, it is potentially worth $125,000 or $130,000, but more because you force the appreciation up because the appreciation is greater because more people like the property, it's worth more, more people would pay more money for it. Fourth one is market appreciation. Just over time, the property in value goes up through inflation, through interest rates, through people just wanting to buy a property to live in, because that's the thing, they're not making any more real estate. Like real estate, it's locked, It's there's no more. So that's the one thing not making any more of, but everybody needs a place to live. So you have market appreciation, the value just goes up just over time. Another one is equity buildup, and this is along with cash flow, another huge thing that I absolutely love about rental properties is if you buy a house for $100,000, let's say you put $20,000, a 20% down payment, $20,000 into the property. So you still owe $80,000 to a bank. Now, what's fantastic is you're paying your mortgage every single month and the principal goes down. But the catch is it's not you paying the mortgage. It's the tenant paying the mortgage. So 
you may have put that 20% down, but the rest of the $80,000, somebody else is paying off that property and you own the property. The last one is tax advantages. So all the tax advantages that you can get, everything from writing off your business expenses. You know, if you have a cell phone, you use it for your business, we'll write that off. If you have a, a home office, we'll write off a portion, a portion of your home. If you use electricity, if you drive miles. So you have all these great things that you can write off your business expenses. So your, your, your income, you're taxed on less. Also, there's depreciation. There's also, um, in, in America, there's a 1031 exchange. I'm not sure what that is in the entire world, but there's so many other tax advantages. And all that adds up is you make money six different ways and you can make a ton of money. And honestly, I cashed out my 401k, which is in America, it's your retirement, you know, you save in stocks. I cashed out all my stocks. I sold all my mutual funds and put it all into real estate because I make money hand over fist with just real estate. So here's a question then. I mean, you're in the US, your property prices are very different to here. Like for example, in, in Sydney, the median house price is over a million Australian dollars. Uh, it's very, very expensive to get into this game. And it's basically uh, a lot of it's used as negative gearing, again, tax benefits. Now, we do have a massive audience in the US. I think the US is our second biggest audience. So for most of the people in the US, this is all very relevant. To those of you in Australia and other parts of the world, of course, this is, a so this is relevant too because the same strategies can be used. Question is this, is it, are we able to, as uh, a non-US citizen, play within your real estate game? Can we buy property over there quite easily? Yeah, that is a fantastic question. And surprisingly enough, I've had so many people contact me and my show and say the exact same question. I have people from Canada or actually even from like um, Afghanistan and other like all over the world, people asking me the same question. Far-flung destination. Yeah, they're yeah. saying, does this work? <laughs> does what you're doing actually work around the world? Like where I am, does it work where I am? And so that really got me thinking, well, I have a worldwide audience of people listening to my podcast and it really got me thinking, man, it absolutely can because even though there are difference in taxes or prices or financing options, all these different things are different in different countries. But what's fantastic and what you can use is the principles of investing in real estate. And because I got so many people asking me, you know, how do we make sure, how do we make sure that this works? Like, what do we know, need to know that makes it work in my country? And so I made, as actually was, there were so many principles. So what I did was I said, let me come up with principles. Like I, of course there's American specifics, there's Australian or Canada or whatever, whatever country there are specifics in each country, but let me give you principles that span throughout all countries. It's basically principles of money, which, you know, Craig, you know, principles of money, you all, all your listeners know principles of money, same thing, all, all applies here. So I have yep. two parts, like two different shows. There were so many principles that I had to give, like basically make sure that you're making money every single month, your, your income minus your expensive. Buy lower than the market value. Buy properties that you can fix up to force up the appreciation. Make sure the expenses are lower. Make sure that there's demand for that property. Only invest where people would want to rent. Buy good investments, not good properties. So there's so many, and there was, there was 20 different principles, and I elaborate on every single one. On these, if you employ these principles, no matter where you are in the country. Like I firmly believe if you pick me up and I move to Canada, I could do the exact same thing. Or if I moved to Australia or England or someplace in you know Afghanistan or something, I could potentially do the exact same thing as long as I'm employing principles into my business that make sure that I am making money as opposed to losing money. So strategies are, you know, they're borderless uh, because it's just simple math, really. Uh, and opportunity lies in every, in every part of the world. So, I mean, obviously, look... <laughs> We talked about pre-show, mate, before we hit the record button. I mean, I've 
I've been trading for 12 years. That, that's my world of expertise. I've been in property and developing and, and I have a, a, a company as well that lends money to developers. I don't have much involvement in the day-to-day running of that, but I was the one who set that up. Now, I do understand how property works and what it does. I also understand I have made so many goddamn mistakes as a trader and as an investor, and that's what sort of qualifies me to actually have a story to help others to do the same thing. What's your biggest mistake to date? Wow. I, it, it's maybe a little counterintuitive. I don't necessarily say counterintuitive, but it's not something that most people would think of. So there is one that's a big mistake, a really big mistake that I did that I'll, I'll say, but I'll even share the bigger mistake, the biggest mistake that I ever did that cost me the most money. So the first one that I'll give you is I hired the wrong property manager for, from the get-go. I had no clue what I was doing. And so I hired a property manager. I was living in California, started investing in Ohio, which is like, I don't know, four or 5,000 miles away. And I hired a property manager to manage the properties. Well, they started stealing from me. It's just, I hired the wrong person because I didn't know what I was doing. And so because of that, I lost lots of money and I fired them as quickly as I could, as best I could and got somebody else in there. So that was a bad a, a bad decision I made was hiring the wrong property manager. So the key would be, or the takeaway would be, make sure you hire the right property manager. If you're managing your property yourself, that's a different story. But make sure you, if you don't, make sure you hire the right property manager. So along with that, so the bigger mistake, if you boil that down, everything, the biggest mistake was I did not go to any coach or mentor or go to anybody else that's done it before and try to learn from them. That was my biggest mistake because I've lost thousands, like tens or 20,000s of dollars. I, I can't even count how much money I've lost from either loss of rents, property managers stealing from me, not doing the right inspections before the property. So I have a lot more expenses. Like I needed to replace the entire electrical inside of one house because I didn't do a good inspection enough. Um, I didn't do things right because I didn't know what to do. And so I didn't have somebody like myself telling me, hey, watch out for this or don't do this or offer this price because more than likely you can get the price down lower. And so that was my biggest mistake. I've lost you know, ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars because I didn't do it right because I didn't get a coach, get somebody that I'm learning from. Because knowing now, you know, I, I charge for my coaching and it's minimal. It's it's just fractions compared to how much I actually lost. So I would gladly go back and pay, you know, four, five, three thousand dollars, or however much thousand dollars a normal coaching would be to get back forty or fifty thousand dollars that I've lost. So that's my biggest mistake is not learning for somebody who's actually done it before. Yeah, look, that's that's sort of mine as well. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I, I, you know, for the first eighteen months of my trading career, I thought I could do it myself. I have sort of similar background to you, as having small businesses of my own, and thought, you know, the entrepreneurial spirit. I'll uh, I'll just work it out. Unfortunately, with trading, it doesn't quite work like that. It's like saying to yourself, you know, you walk into a pantry, you've never understood any of the ingredients before, but you're going to first try and make a chocolate cake. It just ain't going to happen. So that's I appreciate you sharing that. It, it really is experience. How fast can you get experience, and how much is it going to cost you to get that experience? I think is the constant debate the constant uh run for the finish line because you can't win without the experience but are you going to take 10 years to make the mistakes to get that experience or are you going to pay for the experience you'll still make mistakes when you pay for the experience but you'll have somebody there to to sort of measure off and bounce off of so look there's a lot of talk in in, at the moment about uh the us the state of the economy and whatnot and a lot of conversations around the property market now what do you think your chances of there being another real estate crash in the US in the next few years. Is everything sort of sitting quite prim? I mean, you're right in the thick of it, obviously. I know you're doing yield plays, but I mean, look, at the end of the day, you're the right guy to ask. Uh, do you think that there's a, a perfect storm of issues 
surrounding the current economy to bring property crashing down again? That's an interesting question that you asked that. So before I answer, because I definitely have my opinion on this, I've definitely thought about this because it's in my business. I want to ask you, what is your opinion? You know, as we sit right now, what do you see? Because it's there's uh, obviously a reason why you asked that question. I want to know what are your thoughts? I mean, it could just a couple minutes or a couple seconds to explain that, but I'll tell you what, I just want to see what yours is before I it maybe hopefully don't influence what you're actually would be thinking. Well, my, my concern is that uh, the economy in the US appears to be quite strong. Your stock markets continue to push to highs. You've been going up stock-wise for a very long time, but your interest rates remain very, very low. Uh, if anything goes wrong with employment, and we did see a stock market crash, we'll see job cuts uh, like we did last time. When job cuts come, of course, people don't have the income to pay for their mortgages. At that point, interest rates will probably have to be rising because if they're not rising now, you've got no room to continue to drop them. Even if they don't rise, they're still low. But if the income disappears, then the property, there's going to be a lot of, uh, what are, what's it called, um, defaults. Uh, Yep. And it goes back to the banks. And that, of course, causes a lot of supply, very little demand, and therefore a perfect storm to bring prices down. Is the is the storm brewing? That's that's sort of my point of view. Obviously, I'm not a property expert. I'm not in America, and I'm, uh, I'm just looking from the outsides. But it just appears to be that if a few chinks were to, uh, you know, sort of form in the armor and it was to still to start to fall, it could get nasty quickly. You know what? Um, there, I'll, I'll add on to what you're saying, but you're spot on. I believe you're you're right on in the right direction. On so along, we'll start with just the interest rates going up. Right now, the Federal Reserve is saying yes, we are going to be slowly raising interest rates. Well, when you have interest rates go up, somebody that only has fourteen hundred dollars a month to make a mortgage payment can only afford a certain dollar amount with that certain interest rate. Well, as interest rates go up, the price of the home must go down because they still only have $1,400 to spend. So they can't buy houses. So there's less buyers in the market. So the value goes down just because supply and demand. And so when interest rate go, that's one that's that's coming. That is definitely coming because like you said, they've been historically loaned for a crazy long time now. Um, another big one on top of what everything you shared, which is I think you're spot on is that the market has been going, the, the real estate market has been going for a very, very long time now of just constantly appreciating over and over again. And I would say very long time. That's that's a, a loose term, not years, but like uh, like like 10 years, 15 years. And it, you know, when it crashed in 2008, 2009, it crashed really you know significantly, like it was a drop. And then it leveled out and now it has started going back up. But in my opinion, there's absolutely no reason why a property that you know, in 2008 was worth $350,000, it dropped down to where it was worth $150,000. And then now 10 years later, it's right back up to $350,000. We're right back up at the point where it crashed right yeah. now. And that is very scary because in 10 years, it shouldn't absolutely should not do that. So if you look at the market, if you look at the graph, it's the same thing or the, the chart, it's the same thing. It goes up like a hockey stick, crashes down. Right now, 10 years later, we're going right back up just like we were back then. 10 years later, we're doing the exact same thing. That's an, that's one huge one. But you know, in every market, everything I mean, from gold to stocks to Bitcoin to whatever, there's always corrections. Like if it gets overbought, yeah, there. Yeah, it's a cycle, and so it's going to have a correction. It's so, cycle, yeah. I personally think, you know, I'm not, I'm telling all my students that I'm not currently looking for investments, but I'm currently buying if there is a good deal. Like you can always get a good deal, but I'm not currently going out and finding properties because it's really oversold right now. And mm -hmm. so, a big thing, not oversold. There are too many people 
that are trying to buy. So the prices are going up. Prices are ridiculously high because of interest rates. Now, another big thing comes to my mind is that we have so many properties that are starting to sit on the market for months at a time, where it used to be the last maybe two or three years, it'd be on the market for maybe two days, three weeks, or at the most, you know, uh, two, two weeks or three weeks. Now we're having property sit on the market for months. And so this is just recent in the last maybe uh, three or four months, properties have now been sitting for very long. So in my opinion, it seems like something's coming, but I don't know when it's going to happen. I'm just concerned that, um, you know, I don't want to catch a falling knife and say, you know, I'm going to buy a property now. Hopefully it's not going to crash anytime soon because I know there's going to be a correction, but I'm like you, Craig, I do think that there's going to be something coming. I don't know. No, and I don't want to say it's going to be as bad as in 20 or 2009, uh, 2008, 2009. It very well could be. It could be even worse. I've listened to very much smarter people than me say they believe it's going to the market as well as the real estate market, you know, stocks and everything. It's going to be even worse than 2009. That's what I hear some people saying. So um, I'm I have cash that I'm sitting on the sidelines for when something does happen, then when there's a, a crash or a correction, that's when I'm going to be buying. Because I love what uh, Warren Buffett said. It's like when there's blood in the streets, that's when you need to be buying. You know, you want to be buying when people are selling. You want to be selling when people are buying. No, it's good. It's I'm glad to hear that. I mean, look, like I said, you know, from my point of view, I try and keep everything as simple as possible. I try and think as logical as I can. And uh, it just seemed like the opportunity for a correction is there. And we've got the same thing here in many parts of Australia as well. I mean, we have had the most insane property growth over the last sort of 10 years. I think one of the fastest growing in the entire country. We're now the second most expensive Sydney city in the world next to Hong Kong, which is just insane and uh, it can't be sustained forever. So look, I mean, we've covered a whole bunch in here and I'm really interested uh, as to one more question. And that question is quite simply put, Where's the place to be buying in the U.S. at the moment? There are many great places. Like currently buying, um, I would say somewhat in the Midwest. Like if you look in the, at a map of the United States, right in the very center, there are a lot, a lot of great places to buy where you get good cash flow, you get a good um, appreciation, you get a return on your investment. Now, if you go on the coast where it's the population's heavy, heavy on on the coastlines on both the east and the west coast, that's going to be much harder to really make money. There are ways, which I, you know, as I teach my students, there are ways to make money. Like even in Washington D.C., where it's totally crazy prices and everything, there are ways to make money there if you buy it right and if you you implement good strategies like you know renting out per room and all that sort of stuff. But if you were just a normal investor wanting to buy a single family home, get a good price and rent it out and make money or cash flow, or even just store your money there. Like, let's say you make, you know, tons and tons of money in your business or in Bitcoin, and you want to pull it out and store it in a place that's going to be held long term because real estate never goes down in value in, in, in a sense, like, you know, it goes up and down, but it's not going to completely go away. Like if you buy a car, after 15 years, it's not worth anything. Or 20 years, it's not worth anything. Real estate's totally different. It's the opposite. It keeps going up. Yeah. So if you want to just store your money in real estate, I know of many doctors and lawyers and, and uh, dentists and people that have lots of money. They make so much money, but they buy properties and know they're going to lose money every single month, but they store their money there because they don't want to get taxed and they buy that property, mm. they store it there. So anyways, real estate is a fantastic way to 
make money as well as store money. But if I were to buy and when I buy, it's usually in the center of America where prices are still relatively low and the interest or sorry, the the, um, the rent rates are relatively high so that you can make a good cash flow on the property. Yeah, well, that's uh, good advice. Again, I mean, look, it's not just about buying the diamonds uh, everywhere in the world, like the best parts of all the different cities. It's about having a diversified portfolio. And that's something I think that uh, we're going to see open up ex- ex- in a big way in the blockchain space and crypto markets, something to think about, Dustin, and I'm sure that we'll probably have a conversation about this down the track, is that there is a bunch of tokens coming out or talk of tokens coming out called security tokens. Now, a security token is where you buy a portion of, say, real estate, like an REIT, right? Like REITs, yeah? Where you buy into a fund, you, the REITs invested all, all across the United States, let's just say. Well, we can do that now. We're about, we're about to be able to be, you know, have a very diverse, diversified portfolio by buying tokens in, say, you know, a certain coin, Colorado coin, Kansas coin, Portland coin, Oregon coin, all these different types of things. Now, if that's the way they do it, I don't know. But you get the point where we can actually have a diversified international portfolio and have little pockets of different cities all around the world to be truly diversified, whereas that strategy has pretty much exclusively been the strategy of the elite, the super wealthy, uh, or even the middle wealth. You know, you can still buy REITs, but it does require usually a larger parcel to start you off. So there's a lot that's growing in the space of blockchain that will cross over with real estate. And I think it's a fascinating space because we can combine the two and bring the you know segmentation of different property investment types uh, to the masses, which can only help to fuel the growth of the sector because more people have exposure to that market. So that could also help the growth of your properties, Dustin. Good things coming. I'm definitely looking forward to that. That sounds that sounds fantastic and something I will be looking into for my portfolio. Definitely good things coming. Dustin, it's been an absolute pleasure. Before you go though, please let the listeners know where they can find out more information about you and what you're doing. Yeah, so my my website is masterpassiveincome.com. I have articles about real estate and investing there. I also have my own podcast, Master Passive Income Podcast. I have courses, online courses teaching everybody how to invest in real estate. I even have a free course. So if anybody wants a free course, Say go to go to my website masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course and then I'll give you a free course and hopefully you can get your life changed because I feel like it's you know I'm blessed to not have a job and not need to work and I have money coming in that it's time for me to give back so I want to help you guys out so but I really appreciate you guys listening and being a part of your show Craig thank you very much it's been an absolute pleasure thank you for bringing your perspective your strategies and your diversification for the people of the Trader Cold Crypto Podcast we'll speak again Dustin thank you all for listening have a great day and bye for now. The Trader Cobb Crypto Podcast. Check out TraderCobb.com because experience matters.